Welcome back, everyone. And guess what? Baseball's also back. Let's talk about the Marlins. From this day right before the season last year to now, the Marlins have become a much, much better team. Let's look at the outfield, for example. Jorge Soler is a Marlin World Series MVP for the Atlanta Braves. Soler has found himself in spring training sitting in the leadoff spot on the lineup, and I love it. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. In center field, we'll likely see Jesus Sanchez, and in right field, Avi Garcia, another new addition, another strong bat, just like Jorge Soler. One thing that the Marlins do have are a bunch of good, high-potential corner outfielders. They don't have a true center fielder. However... I think Jesus Sanchez will fill this role nicely. He's got a ton of range. He's a very fast sprinter. And I think he'll fill that center field spot very nicely. I'm very excited about the bats that this team has added. And of course, behind the plate, can't forget the addition of Jacob Stallings. Stallings is one of, if not the best, current defensive catcher in the league. So they went from Jorge Alfaro, who's... Defensive capability was not there. It just wasn't good. And he also didn't have a bat. Stallings isn't the best hitter, but you've upgraded that position significantly. And hopefully he'll be a mid-200 hitter throughout the course of the season. And the other addition that will probably see a lot of playing time this year is Joey Wendell from Tampa Bay. Wendell is a lefty. And he is capable of hitting the ball both ways. He's able to take an inside fastball and drive it to right field. He did that in today's spring training game. And obviously the Marlins just made a bunch of moves that the entire fan base should be happy about. And I'm getting kind of frustrated when people keep bringing up the fact that they had an outfield of Uzuna, Stanton, and Yelich. That team didn't perform at all. So that's the end of the story on that one. So the outfield now looks like Soler in left, probably. We will see Jesus Sanchez in center. Avi Garcia fills in in the other spot in right. And over to the infield, we will see Brian Anderson at third base. I think he should be the opening day third baseman. I think it's a great mental boost that there's still confidence in him. His bat has struggled. His fielding is good, and his arm strength is even better. Hopefully, Brian can stay healthy and get that bat going because he will be a very successful MLB player. Now, you also have Joey Wendell. We just talked about Joey Wendell. Wendell will play a big role on the utility side of things. However, if Brian does slump a little bit, I think Wendell will jump into that starting spot fairly quickly. Brian, I think, is on a short leash at third base, so I think Wendell will get a lot of at-bats this year. And at short, obviously, Miguel Rojas. Jazz at second. And Aguilar and Cooper will switch off at first and DH. 
Now, Garrett Cooper is a guy that I'm always excited about because when he's healthy, he is easily a top hitter in the MLB. So the key to success for Cooper is staying healthy. And Jacob Stallings behind the plate. Backup is questionable right now. Peyton Henry is the only other catcher on the MLB opening day roster as of right now. Pick up last year. And let's look at that starting rotation. This is probably the biggest strength for the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara is your ace without question. He's dominant. Disgusting changeup. Big fastball. Pablo Lopez right behind him. Pablo has had a rough spring. I think that's just a thing that happens, and hopefully he will be back to the Pablo that we've seen for the last couple years in the regular season. Spring is a warm-up. So there's no reason to judge an MLB-proven player in spring training. Just hope that he gets back to the way things were last year and the years before. And Pablo's a guy with that filthy changeup. I want to talk about the changeup. I'm going to hold off for a second and talk about it a little bit later. And then you have Trevor Rogers, Marlins all-star. Trevor is just a dominant lefty. No other way to put it. His fastball, he likes to go up and in on righty hitters from the lefty arm slot. That's a difficult thing for hitters to hit. And he has that speed too. High 90s fastball. Imagine a fastball coming from the left hand into a righty up and in. You can't really hit that pitch unless you're specifically sitting on it. Now behind Trev is Eliezer. Eliezer's slider is a top slider. I mean, the movement that this thing has is ridiculous. And I love pitching. I love everything about pitching. I love watching pitching, reading about pitching, looking at pitching stats. One thing I can tell you is that Eliezer has a raw slider. And it will get hitters if he can execute that pitch. He's not going to overpower you for the most part on the fastball. But when he throws that little slider in there, he will be a dominant pitcher. And behind Eliezer is Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo pick up from the A's at the end of last year at the deadline. One thing that excites me is that Lazardo, obviously having a or most of the offseason with Mel Stottlemyre Jr., is now throwing a 99-mile-per-hour fastball, a consistent 99-mile-per-hour fastball, as a lefty. He looks like he's mastered the changeup. That's exciting. And right now, he's your fifth guy in the rotation. I don't think it's going to be that way for long. The Marlins added another dominant lefty into their starting rotation. So you have your three righties in Sandy, Pablo, and Eliezer. And then you have Trevor Rogers, who dominated last year. And now you've got Jesus Lazardo looking for the biggest year of his career. And I think he's going to have it. If he stays healthy, that 99-mile-per-hour fastball and a perfectly executed changeup and that little wiffle ball curve ball that he has will beat the best hitters in the game. 
I'm so excited for the starting pitching staff. One thing that I'm not so excited for is the bullpen. It's a little rough right now, especially with Dylan Floro being banged up. He has some arm soreness. He's behind schedule. Probably won't see him for a few weeks. I think Anthony Bender fills in to that closing rule because we've seen his slider. It's a thing of beauty. I want to take a second to look at the lineup. One thing that I love is Jorge Soler leading off. And after Soler, Garrett Cooper in the two spot. I love it. Baseball is a changing game. It's changed big time. There used to be the tradition of having your fastest player lead off. Maybe get on base to start the game. That's changed. Soler is a power guy leading off. He hit a home run lead off today in spring training. Frankly, I don't think Jazz is ready to lead off. I remember he's still young, and I think eventually he will be a leadoff hitter because he does have pop in the bat. The only time I see him leading off this year is with a righty pitcher, a high throwing, a high fastball throwing right-handed pitcher. So that's where I see the first two in the lineup. The rest of the lineup uh, will constantly be changing, but. If it leads to success, I think Soler and Cooper is a great combo, one and two. Max Meyer was optioned to AAA last week. He was absolutely terrific during the spring. He just dominated hitters. I think the only reason he wasn't optioned is because he hasn't perfected the changeup. When you throw as hard as Max does, and you don't have a changeup that you can heavily rely on, I think that... He needs to spend a little bit of time in AAA. I think the bullpen's going to need help, and I think he's a guy that can fill in easily in the Marlins Major League pen. And I think we will see him at some point this year. Maybe sooner rather than later. Now let me talk about the changeup. I've been waiting to do this. The changeup is the best pitch in baseball, in my opinion. I hate saying in my opinion because I think it's a fact, but whatever. If a guy like Meyer can master the changeup, he will be absolutely golden in the MLB. That's without question. Take a second and put on your pitcher's glasses. Everyone thinks a changeup is just a pitch that looks like a fastball but is slower and drops. Nope. Throwing a changeup is very fascinating for me. Pitchers do something called pronating. That's pretty, it's pretty hard to describe what pronating is, so this is the best way I can do it. Assuming that you know how to throw a ball, I hope you do. Um, if not, I mean, I, I can't help you there. Just throw the ball. The main change in throwing a changeup from a fastball, well, obviously, is grip. There are several different changeup grips. One being a circle change, the other one you can hold. There are so many different ways you can hold it. But that's not the main point of what I'm trying to describe. So stick your arm out and pretend like you're painting a wall. Now take that paintbrush, turn it into a baseball, and grip that baseball 
with a change of grip. Circle change, just put your put your finger rounded around the seam. You can hold it in a four seam grip, a two seam grip. And the big point about throwing a change up is holding the ball. It looks like a circle. You put pressure with your pointer finger. I can post a picture later where you can look it up. Whatever, forget about that. Pronating the baseball. So you're painting the wall. You're painting with a paintbrush. Now make it into a ball. Now you're going to rotate your hand as you're throwing to the right. So pretend like you're painting the wall to the right. It's that little movement. That's pronating. Pretty much the changeup moves exactly how you throw the ball. Pronating and the outcome of a changeup are pretty much identical. Now from the pitcher's point of view, a changeup drops and drifts to the arm side. So if you were to throw a fastball as a righty pitcher to a righty hitter, and it's called a strike, and you threw it up and in, that's when you go to the changeup. You throw that changeup low and in. And with the ball still carrying towards the hitter because it moves arm side, it's likely to be a jam shot or just a big swing and a miss. That's the art of the changeup. I've made episodes about pitch selection, pitch sequencing. And I love it. It's so interesting to me. And you can go back and listen to that one. I did a specific sidearm pitch sequencing episode not too long ago. So <laughs> tunneling baseballs and pitch sequencing go hand in hand. High fastball, low and in changeup. It's running in on your hands. You have no shot if that pitch is executed. And the Marlins bullpen is very good at throwing changeups, especially Pablo Lopez and Sandy Alcantara. Let's take a second and talk about the NL East now. Obviously, the clear favorite is the Mets. DeGrom is out for what looks to be at least a month. He cannot stay healthy. Scherzer's hamstring is a little banged up. They don't know if he can start opening day. That's two big losses. Scherzer looks like he will be okay. Never know with the shoulder what's going to happen for a pitcher. DeGrom, one of the best pitchers of all time, just can't stay healthy, and it's hurting this Mets team. I think the Braves are next in the NL East. Yes, they lost Freddie, but they added Olsen. Freddie was a Marlins killer. If you're a Marlins fan, you're very happy that he's gone. The Nats are just bad. No other way to say it. The Phillies are a big question mark for me. They have the bats. They have the pitching. They do not have the fielding. The fielding is horrendous. I have no idea what's going to happen with this Phillies team. And then there's the Marlins, the much-improved Marlins, who lost a lot of games by one run last year. They didn't have a full outfield. They were throwing guys like John Birdie, who would start a lot of the time out there. They did not have a true outfield. Now they have two big league MLB bats, and a young guy like Jesus Sanchez, who was very successful last year. There's a big difference in run producers on this team from the past years to now. So the big question is, 
Which of the of these three teams, the Marlins, the Phillies, and the Nationals, are going to beat up on the other two teams? Because whoever does that could find their way into the playoffs with the expanded postseason that's now in the MLB. So that's what I have for the NL East. Personal thing for me, baseball-wise. I think that networks need to get rid of the imaginary strike zone that they put on the screen for every pitch. The little rectangle that they put up there is false. No other way to say it. It is looking at the game one-sided. Remember, half of the catcher's job, or most of their job defensively, is to steal strikes on borderline pitches. If a catcher does this successfully, and he brought a ball that just missed the zone right back into the zone, I think it should be called a strike. And that's the whole art of framing pitches. Now, a lot of people only look at the game in a way where they think whenever the pitcher throws or wherever the pitcher throws the ball to, it determines if it's a ball or strike. That is false. People like to get upset when they see a pitch outside the TV strike zone called a strike or a pitch barely on the TV strike zone called a ball. Also, part of the game is having different umpires with slightly different zones. Hitters need to adjust. You can't complain about taking strike three on a pitch that a catcher stole for a strike when you don't swing at a borderline pitch. And things like that just pop into my head. I love the game of baseball. It's a perfect game. And I hope it stays that way. But there's so much to the game that people don't think about. Just casual fans won't think about. I'm so excited for this MLB season. I'm glad the owners and players association figured everything out. And we're going to have opening day baseball in around one week. Marlins are in a much better spot. Can't wait for the season. Can't wait for opening day. Can't wait for the home opener. And for now, I'm Josh Kelsky. We'll see you next time on Huddle Up.